Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that maybe are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2022. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, click on the description, and you'll find a link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment and we also have my website where you can find resources to give through paypal venmo or cash app on today's episode i want to talk a little bit about the topic of same sex attraction it's it's very hard sometimes especially in today's day and age to to actually talk about same sex attraction um it's a very sensitive touchy subject and i don't want to like kind of just say the wrong things or get my like tongue in the twist you know and I just I want to be able to speak about this topic and speak about it in gentle form with with patience and with understanding. So while I was doing this specific research for this entire podcast, um, it took me like I think around like three three days to like find responses and go deep into my Bible and just to start looking a lot of this this stuff up. Um, but basically, the question that we're going to be asking today is, does God consider me sinful if I still have same-sex attraction thoughts, right? Is my same-sex attraction uh, or temptation a sin? Now, temptation, attraction, those two things are kind of different. But uh, recently, there was a podcast that I did on my friend Angela's channel. And she has this podcast that's called Heaven and Healing. If you haven't yet checked it out, you should definitely check it out. Um, it was super cool. I think uh, I was talking a little bit about my testimony and just sharing with her some of my experiences that I've had um, as a Christian. And um, after she put out the podcast, it got very interesting, <laughs> um, very interesting reactions, I would say. There was a couple of people that had positive reactions and then some that had negative ones. But she actually messaged me because she was kind of concerned about uh, this question that this one person had. And the question was basically like, um, it, well, it was, it was more like a statement than it was poised as a question or posed as a question. And it was more like, um, oh, he's not really so much a Christian or he's not really a born again believer because he's still uh, suffering from or struggling with a same sex attraction. And, um, and as you guys know, like my life, uh, I, when I came to Christ, I did always um, have same sex attraction before Christ. And when I came to Christ, those things, they didn't go away. Um, it was something that I feel like is like almost like a, a cross for me to carry every single day. Um, but some people actually still do really believe that if you are in Christ, that you're not, no longer or should no longer be struggling with same-sex attraction. And so she sent me kind of that like response and um, I was taken back. But then at the same time, I was also like, I knew that this was going to come because there's a actually a lot of people that doubt whether I'm actually saved or whether I have a relationship with Jesus um, because of the fact that I still struggle with same-sex attraction and I'm very open and transparent about it. 
most people that are in my situation, they wouldn't want to express that they're so struggling. Like they think that it's actually going to take away from their testimony if they start talking about the fact that they still do sometimes uh, lust after guys or experience that attraction on an everyday basis or whatever. But to me, I've always wanted to be the kind of person that I'm, I'm like honest and, and always being transparent. Uh, with the individuals that I'm, I'm going to ministry with because I don't want to paint like a picture or an idea um, that when you come to Christ, like he just removes every single obstacle from from your life and then it, everything is just perfect and, and amazing and wonderful. Um, I don't think that's very relatable and I don't think that's the experience that a lot of people face. And so um, my experience has been that when I came to Christ, those um, same-sex uh, attraction feelings or, you know, whatever, we're still there and continue to be there. And as I walk with Christ, you know, it has become a little bit easier. Um, it hasn't been uh, like it's it, it, it's kind of like a roller coaster. It's like some days is it's very difficult depending on my need, how I'm feeling with my emotions. And then on other days, it can be very um very, very easy. You know, I just like been walking with Jesus. I'm very enamored with him at the moment. Um, or I've just left a worship session or just went to church to listen to an incredible word or had someone pray for me. And so there's definitely days where I, I feel like uh, having same sex attraction is a little bit harder. It's much more of a struggle. And then other days where it is, is very easy. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to do in my ministry was like, make sure that people had an understanding that this is like, um, this is what my Christian what life looks like. And so a lot of people have been judging me and have judged me for the fact that I still struggle with this attraction. And on top of that, a lot of people view this attraction, the attraction itself as a sin. And so for me, I always did have questions. Like I didn't know whether or not the attractions were sin because I grew up in church believing that, um, if I wasn't completely perfect, that like I was going to go to hell. And so, um, especially when it, when the topic of same-sex attraction comes into discussion um, with gays, lesbians, you know, any type of LGBTQ community, the church can sometimes like really make someone believe that they are less than as believers or uh, make them feel make them feel bad. So I grew up um, where this topic was not really talked about a bunch, but I grew up um, thinking that same sex or being gay was like wrong to the Lord and um, that it was always going to be sinful. And I didn't know how I would be able to have a relationship with God if I had the same sex attraction, right? I was feeling these feelings and emotions for men that other men and were not feeling. And it was very different. And so um, when I uh, was growing up like that and I started uh, to have my relationship with the Lord and started my Christian journey, um, I still kind of had a lot of those questions, but I kind of came to terms with the fact that um, just because when, when I started to serve the Lord, he showed me that it wasn't so much like uh, the thoughts that were going on in my head, but it was really going to be the actions of my life that was going to demonstrate whether or not I really had a relationship with him. And, and as you guys know, in my testimony, and you guys can watch the full video up on my YouTube if you're, if you're listening to this, um, I explained that I had a very real encounter with the Lord and I received my salvation. I believed it by faith, started walking with him, and then it's led me to an incredible, fruitful, incredible like ministry. I said incredible twice because it's pretty awesome what I get to do every single day. Um, but now with these responses uh, that this, uh, this girl, Angela, on her podcast that she received, 
um, I kind of wanted to dig a little deeper because I had my understanding, uh, my belief and what I, what I believe, which is like same sex attraction is not a sin, but I also wanted to do my research. I wanted to see, um, where it was in the Bible and be able to, uh, to explain it to maybe people who don't understand or maybe don't agree with that and why I think they should agree with the fact um, with this or even be pleasantly surprised. I mean, you never know when you're wrong, when you're believing something in the Lord for a really long time and then you're like, wait a second, that was wrong. And so a lot of this was kind of a discovery process for me. So I decided that I was going to do a blog and I've been trying to to do a, a blog for a while now, but you know, your boy's busy. Um, um, I always have like a lot of things to do. Uh, I'm running a discord and then I've got like two other jobs in social media. And so, um, I've been trying to get this blog off the ground and I thought it would be a good idea that since I'm doing this podcast to also do a blog that matches the podcast, because sometimes it's very easy for me to just kind of do some notes, especially when filming, um, podcasts, do some notes for the podcast. And, and those notes are all, always usually pretty good. And so I'm like, these should be turned into blogs. But anyways, I haven't published published this blog. Um, and so I'm just going to be reading kind of the raw blog that I have and just going it over with you guys because um, it's kind of like a little like commentary to what I'm going to be posting on my website later on. And my website is samuelabrahamperez.com if you, if you don't know already. And the blog is on there. So this is what I've got written so far. And just bear with me. There, there might be some grammar mistakes, but this is the first paragraph. Lately, well, I pretty much talked about this. Uh, lately, um, I filmed a podcast episode with my friend Angela, and she told me that she received a question from a viewer, and my testimony involves me coming out of the homosexual lifestyle and every day having to walk with Christ in the midst of my temptations and lusts for the same sex. I view this as my cross that I have to crucify on the daily, and this viewer tried to discount the power of my testimony, saying that I didn't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit living in me because I was still sinful and dealing with lust, that I would have to be considered delivered fully out of the same-sex attraction in order to be a true Christian. And like I said to you guys before, a lot of people still hold this idea that it's like if you don't have heterosexual desires or heterosexual attractions, then like you're still not a Christian or you're kind of like an incomplete Christian, which I just think is ridiculous. I think one of the one of the people that has made the most impact kind of in this um in this I don't know, ide ideology has been Jackie Hill Perry, which, I mean, I rarely ever talk about Jackie Hill Perry, but she's been a huge inspiration for me. And one of the quotes that I love from her is that heterosexuality is not the goal. Holiness is the goal. And I don't know if she came up with that or she stole that from somebody else, but I heard it from her. And, um, and I've always really loved that because a lot of Christians really do believe this. Like I've been, I've walked into churches and they're like, oh, but do you have like are you like straight now? Do you have attractions? Are you heterosexual? You know, they're always really hung up on what's what my emotions are towards the opposite sex because they kind of have an understanding or a belief that um, if I'm a Christian, I have to be heterosexual. I can't have any type of same sex attraction. And I, I don't think that's personally true. But um, moving on. So is it true that if I have attractions for men that I don't actually have the Holy Spirit or even worse, that sin still rules over my spirit or that I should be looked down upon until that attraction goes away? 
So people have claimed even to go as far as saying that if a Christian struggles with same-sex attraction, that they don't actually have the Holy Spirit. Because if they had the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit would get rid of that attraction and that wouldn't be a thing anymore in their life, which I just think is the most ridiculous thing. Like when the Holy Spirit enters into any person, all of their temptations, all of their struggles don't go away. That's not how that works. I don't know any Christian that's like, I received the Holy Ghost and now I'm perfect. So to me, I just think that's insane. Um, but even like the other part, which is does sin still rule over my spirit? Because if I have this attraction, this attraction is quote unquote a sin. Does that mean that like it goes beyond uh, the new inner man that the Holy Spirit has purposed in me and created in me and transformed in me at the point of salvation, right? Um, or, or even worse, like people, when we go to churches, like, should we be treated differently? Should there be a sect of Christianity for people and be separated, separate those people from people, uh, who have heterosexual desires? Like here are the same sex attracted Christians. And then here are the heterosexual, uh, Christians. And these two are different. These are, these still need a little bit of work, but these are incredibly good and incredibly fine. Um, well, there is a reason why it's called why it's not called same sex lust and why it's called same sex attraction. There is a difference between the two. So I didn't know this when I started researching this and doing uh, my, you know, my studying. I I, I always did kind of have that question, which was like is lust the same thing as attraction? And I think in our day and age, since we live in such an overly sexualized culture, attraction usually is like, oh, are you attracted to this? It's like, it always means sexual. But that's the craziest thing is that attraction is not the same thing as lust. And we have to make those distinctions because you can have an attraction to something and not be sexually attracted to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not always with the connotation of sexual. So for example, I like horror genre. Like I when I when I like watching movies, like especially before Christ, I really liked uh, the genre of horror. I love to go and watch horror films and someone could say that um, I have an attraction towards the horror genre or I have an attraction towards minimum how do you say that word? Uh, minimalist, uh, minimalist furniture, minimalist uh, design, decoration, or have I have an attraction for neon lights or something? You know, like there's so many different things that you can be attracted to that doesn't come with a sexual connotation to that word. But us as a society, we have put the sexual connotation um, on that word specifically. And so when someone says, "Are you attracted to this?" It's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I like it's sexual. It becomes sexualized because." Our culture is all about sex all of the time. And so it can be like hard to get away from that, but there is a difference between the two. And I'm gonna tell you what the difference is. This is what I was able to come up with. Attraction is when you have a strong interest, a liking for someone or something that never goes past the desire to obey God. So an attraction is just like, it's a strong interest. It's like, I have an interest in this thing. That's what attraction means. And that interest never takes the place above God. And I've done an entire podcast, if you guys are not familiar, I did an entire podcast about lust. And I think it was like, what is lust or something like that. I don't remember the, the podcast episode, but if you, if you put lust into my YouTube, it'll come up. And I explained the fact that anything that gets put above God in our lives that we want more than God is lust. And so sometimes we, we think that once again, that lust is sexual um, always. And that's 
in our overhyped sexualized culture, that's not always the case, right? It's like there you can be you can have a lust for food, you can have a lust for friendships, you can have a lust for life. You know, you love life more than you love God. Um, so, but the attraction is necessary. It's, it's when you have a strong interest and it never goes past that desire to obey God. So it's like, I love minimalist furniture. I don't know what's up with that today, but I don't even like minimalist furniture, but, um, I, if I like that, it never goes past the beyond of like, I need this furniture. And like, I know God's not asking me to buy it right now, but I have to have that Kim Kardashian, like white, beautiful cotton of sofa. It has to be my furniture. Like I'm lusting after this furniture. Um, that's, that would be putting it above the desire to follow God. If God is not asking me to purchase that furniture, then I shouldn't be purchasing it. Right. And then here's the definition for lust. Lust is when you have an uncontrollable desire, a craving to someone or something that far exceeds the desire to obey God, right? So here we have two differences. Attraction, strong interest, never goes against the obedience from God. Lust is when it's like uncontrollable. I I have to have it and it always exceeds um, my desire to obey God. So I was able to pull up like this kind of this quote uh, from this website that's called crosswalk.com. And it's from a article that's called, is there a difference between noticing someone is attractive and lust? Because when I was doing my research on this specific topic, um, there was a lot of different, like it, I wanted to know what was being said about heterosexual attraction as well. Like it's like, um, because if, if something is being said over homosexual attraction and it's not being said over heterosexual attraction, I wanted to be able to point out the difference because there's always like those two, I don't know if it's, if it's nuances, but it's like that conundrum of, of that heterosexuals get a less of, um, strictness than like homosexuals get in their struggles. It's like, oh, because it's heterosexual, it's okay, right? And so there was some videos that I was actually watching in doing my preparation and in research that they were saying that heterosexual um, like attraction, borderline lust is okay because it's just what God meant. And, and we're supposed to have that in the marriage and in the relationship. It's like, oh, this is what God wanted. What God um, desired is that men should be with women. And that's why having an attraction towards a woman is a good thing. Um, but I kind of wanted to break that down because even if it's a heterosexual attraction versus a homosexual attraction, it doesn't make it right just because it's heterosexual. If you look upon a woman and you want her for her body, you want to objectify her, you want to um, make her uh, like like sexualize her basically, it doesn't make it any better because you're like attracted to her in a heterosexual way. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Whether it's heterosexual, whether it's homosexual, they're both wrong in that aspect because lust is still lust. It doesn't matter if it's heterosexual. And so you could kind of like pose the question. It's like, oh, if I find a girl attractive, like, is that a sin? Well, here's the way that I kind of view it. I don't personally have any sexual feelings towards women yet that might change in the future. But when I look upon a woman, I can appreciate the fact that she's attractive. Like if she has beautiful eyes or if she has a nice smile, if she has really pretty hair, you know, I could be like, wow, that girl has a good fashion sense, really pretty hair. It's oiled or, you know, it looks nice, whatever, like the magazines. Um, but I don't want to have sex with that girl. And so I can appreciate the fact that she's attractive, but I don't want to have sex with her. 
Now, if there's a guy and a guy is more, you know, like a, a heterosexual guy that does want to have sex with females, if she were, if he were to look upon a female and go past the point of noticing the eyes or the smile or this and that and start to look at the hourglass shape and be like, I want to grab that or I want to like hold that or want to be in bed with that or even, oh man, can you imagine those eyes staring at me when we're in bed or something like that? You know, whenever it goes to the sexual, that has become lust. That is no longer okay. And a lot of people, especially, it's very hard and it's kind of like uncontrollable at this point because the way that we view people is like always sexual. And so like it's it's bad. Like honestly, like there's going to be a lot of Christian men that are because of TV, because of of whatever the, the society that we live in when they look upon a girl the first thing that they're going to notice is it's going to be from a sexual perspective instead of that non-sexual perspective that i described that is easy for me to follow because for, for whatever reason i'm not attracted to that sexually and so don't know why don't, don't know how that works but it doesn't happen right and so but for uh for a guy it's like when he notices that attraction to notice that someone is beautiful is not a bad thing but then to, to go and to relate it into the sexual, that now has become lust. And some people would say that that still is okay because we're supposed to, like men are supposed to find women attractive and they're supposed to want them in that kind of way. But that's kind of like, there's like a fine line between that understanding of like, hey, just because like that's what God created us, like this goes in there and we're supposed to be in bed together doesn't necessarily make it okay, right? Um, and and then and to say something like that, it's like then you would have to also uphold that same kind of unstrictness. I don't know if that's a word, but you would have you would have to uphold that same kind of um, uh, way that you view things for the heterosexuals, same way that you view, uh, same way that you would view it for the homosexuals. And um, we know that that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are tracking with me, but like the conservative Christians, when they say like, yeah, like um, it's okay to sexualize, or it's a, because you're you're a woman and you're a man, and that's okay. You're supposed to be attracted to each other. That's great. That's Christian. That's normal. Um, they would never say the same thing about a man and a man just because they know it's inherently it's wrong. It's sinful, right? Um, but when it comes to a man and a woman once again if it's become sexualized that's sinful that's still lust and we have to be just as strict with that and so how do we avoid that how does a straight man avoid that i mean that's not really the topic of conversation but i would say by not feeding their eyes and having a purity to themselves so that when they look at women the last thing that they notice is that hourglass shape or you know or what can i do with this person in bed um, but they're just noticing that person's beauty and and their prettiness not so much as as I want to do something sexual, but it's just, oh yeah, that person's like pretty. Like I can, I, I can appreciate when something is beautiful. Same way that I appreciate, um, when my iPhone, my new iPhone 14 comes in the mail, I'm like, this is a beautiful iPhone. I don't want to have sex with my iPhone. All right. So, <laughs> so this is a kind of a, a quote from this article, which I know I kind of went like on <laughs> like another topic, but this is the quote. Lust is when we let our minds wander past mere attraction and begin to consider how that beauty might arouse sexual desire in us. Can you take an initial attraction to someone too far and allow your mind to wander to places that result in sin? 
Absolutely. So it's basically what I was saying. It's not so much that the attraction is the worst thing in the world. The attraction is not bad to look at someone and perceive that it's beautiful or to want something from that, have an interest in that. That's not bad, right? But it's when we allow those thoughts to infiltrate and start to linger, start to fantasize, start to create idolatries in our heart that those things become lust, right? Or idolatry or some other kind of thing. So it is possible to have an attraction and not be in sin. It becomes a sin when we allow those thoughts to take a place above God into perversion, fantasy, or idolatry. As long as we don't allow those intrusive attractions to linger into lustful thoughts, then there is no sin committed. And I kind of wanted to make that clear. Like on my research, the more that I listened to certain videos and 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 other or like blog posts and and when I was looking at the Bible and what the Bible says, which I'm going to bring up some Bible verses now. Um, the attraction is not the problem. The, like we're always going to perceive things as beautiful and we're always going to be interested in certain things. It's when we give into those thoughts that rise or place themselves above the truth of God that that is when the sin is conceived. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But however, I just wanted to point out real quick because I think um, one of the things that happens, um, especially when someone tries to discount or, or yeah, discount the testimony of someone who is struggling with same-sex attraction um, to say that, hey, like, yeah, that person's sinful because they still have these attractions, which we just learned is not true. The attractions don't make someone sinful. It's the lust that makes someone sinful. And yeah, I deal with lust 100%. I'll be the first one to tell you. Like, the attraction is not the only thing that I deal with. Like, those that attraction sometimes turns into lust, and I'm working on that with the Lord. And the same way that any other person, heterosexual, homosexual, like, whatever it is, they're working on their issues when they come to Christ. The Holy Spirit is guiding them, leading them directly them. Um, it's not an instant delivery like that. I mean, it can be for some things in life, but most of the time the Holy Spirit actually wants to walk with us through those things and teach us so that we might be able to teach other people and encourage other people in our Christian life and in our Christian walk. So the first thing they'll do is they'll say stuff like, that person's still sinful. Like this person tried to discount my testimony and saying like, oh, you shouldn't even be talking to that person, shouldn't be interviewing that person. I'm sure they have like a hate for same-sex attracted individuals, which is unfortunate, but I'm just like trying to place myself in the thought process of this person. Um, but however, as we know, even if the attraction was a sin, which I'm saying it's not, but even if it was, um, even if we do sin, this is the beauty of the gospel message. Each one of us faces the tension of living in a sinful world and walking in the flesh. Paul makes it clear in the book of Romans, this is a verse, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Our flesh is still active and will ultimately sin, but our spirit is renewed and our mind agrees with the law of God because we have been transformed in our inner man. Our desires have changed and we will choose God the majority of the time and we will produce fruit in our lives. Will we be perfect in following God? Absolutely not. Thank God that we have reached perfection in his son and our life now belongs in him, right? So just a little bit of that verse, that excerpt, um, Paul's literally saying like, I struggle with sin. Like he's like, oh, wretched man that I am, like who's gonna deliver me from this body of death? And he's like, I love this specific um, chapter, Romans 7, 7, 6, and 8. 
one of my favorite chapters in Romans because it talks about the struggle that we face as, as humans that still walk on this earth that is cursed, right? Cursed with the original sin, um, principalities all around us, and the fact that we still have flesh. But having the understanding that our inner man, when the Holy Spirit came into us, um, our, our spirit was transformed by God. It was made new, right? But our, our flesh still remains. And so there's things that we can help. Like, um, like how I said, the same-sex attraction, my brain, certain things that I've been through as a child, as the experiences that I faced, the rejections, there's still things in me from the flesh that are still reacting, even though the inner man has been healed, has been transformed, is being transformed by the Holy Spirit. You know, sanctification, past, present, future. I'm being sanctified. I have been sanctified and I am being sanctified, right? Um, it's like Paul's like quoting this. He's like, I serve the law of God because of the inner man's spirit. But the flesh serves the law of sin. And so there's always going to be that like tension between those kind of two different things, right? And so are we going to be perfect? No, we're not going to be perfect. Um, but we have the power to overcome sin in many different aspects of our life. So it's not just like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to be perfect. Therefore, I shouldn't even try. No, it's like I have overcome sin because of the spirit in me, the new spirit in me. And I can fight those things with the power and the authority that Christ has given me. So even if even if we even if same sex attraction is a sin, um, we have to understand three different things. Which I'm saying it's not a sin, <laughs> but even if it was, just for the sake of the argument, first everybody sins. This is the gospel. No one is perfect. This is a verse. I um I think it's on the bottom. It's from Second Corinthians. <laughs> it says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." The second thing, Jesus redeems us. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Guys, if you don't understand this, like this is such a big deal. Jesus has become sin for us, right? Like he took that on. He took the entire punishment of sin so that we would become the righteousness of God. So even if I had sin in my life, that's okay. If I believe in Jesus, he's been able to cover all that. He's been able to take the entire thing off of my shoulders. Um, and then number three, we walk till glorification. So we have an understanding that now that when we are walking with the Lord and Savior, that he's going to start to change our lives and we're going to start to get transformed. And this is that process to getting to glorification. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And that is Matthew 528 or actually maybe Philippians. Yeah, it's Philippians. When we say things like same-sex attracted individuals are flawed or less than because of their attractions they have that they can't control, it's very demeaning and very dangerous. This can really lead someone far away from God than to him, which is definitely a problem that we have in the church is that we're always like, instead of encouraging people, we're discouraging them in the faith. They will think that they are less than as a believer. Um, they will believe that other believers are better than them and that they are in lack, resulting in the weakness of their faith in God and most likely walking away altogether. If I feel like I'm not as worthy or as good as everyone else in the room, like, why would I want to, like, continue to be in that faith? You know, like, if someone came up to me, and this is the most craziest thing, and um, before I continue on this paragraph, 
Um, when I was doing my research, and you guys are probably familiar with this because I actually did a YouTube video about this uh, a while back ago, but I went to a conference one time, and in this conference, I, I like the YouTube video I explained, it was like all about same-sex attraction, LGBTQ community. It was in the Ark in Kentucky. They have like a life-size Ark with, it's like a museum. Anyways, so I went to this conference, and when I went, it was the most discouraging thing to hear as a person that struggles with same-sex attraction. I was in the room and I think I was probably the only person in that room. I mean, as far as like <laughs> we know that has been able to be honest about their struggles. I was in that room and I remember them just reading Romans and saying that God had given up these people to their desires and they were basically like, like God had given up on them, like same-sex attraction, there's no hope. If people are are still experiencing any type of same-sex attraction or struggling in that area at all, it's because God has given them up to sin and give, he's totally lost hope in them, which is a very bad interpretation of Romans chapter one, by the way. The only person that didn't speak negatively was uh, this woman who was a scientist um, and she's she was incredible. Um, but the rest of them, it was a very Baptist, uh, and I'm not bragging on the Baptists. I love my brothers and sisters who are Baptists and Calvinists and all that stuff. Um, but it was a Calvinist Baptist denominational um, conference. And so I left feeling that conference like I was so flawed as a believer. And thankfully, I have such an incredible, strong relationship with the Lord that I was able to walk away and not feel like I'm a terrible Christian for the things that I'm experiencing that I can't even control and not feel like I still am and in condemnation. Um, like it was just the worst guys. Like some of these sermons were just like, just ragging on, like, there's no hope for the same sex, you know, but like in very doctrinal, like a uh, language, very like kind of, um, um, like a smart language so that it doesn't seem so offensive. Um, but I left and I, I felt horrible. And, and even while I was doing the research for this blog post, there was some videos, like the majority of videos were like, yeah, you know, same sex attraction is not a sin. And it was very helpful. And they brought up their verses and so on and so forth. But there was other videos. It was actually the same people from that conference. It was so funny because I haven't seen a video of theirs in like forever. They seem to love to talk about this topic, which actually makes me question and think of like, why do you like, why are you so obsessed with this topic? You know what I'm saying? Like maybe you got some issues here that are undealt with. But anyways, so I won't say names, but th they were talking about the topic again. And, um, and when, and they said the exact same thing in the video, which was that same sex attraction is a sin, that this is like anything to have to do with any type of same sex attraction is sexualized and it's a sin and it's wrong and, and that's it. And if you struggle, like you're in sin. And I was like, dude, how can these people be so far away from the truth? Like, that's not what the Bible tells us at all. Um, and, and that's not what the Bible even talks about when it comes to lust or sinful or any of those types of things. Like, Oh my gosh. And I checked the comments and I looked at the comments to try to see if anybody was like picking up what like they're putting down or, you know, like, and thankfully in the comment section, it was and like, there was backlash. It was like, okay, attraction doesn't necessarily always mean sexual, you know, this and this and that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Thank thankfully there's some people with sense out there, but, um, it's just really interesting because it's like, as I was saying in the paragraph on the blog, um, it's such a discouragement. Um, and I, and I wonder why there's not more people that come out of the homosexual lifestyle into Christianity because the encouragement is like, it's not there. The support is not there. The grace is not there. And, and that is so huge 
And it's one of the reasons why I started my ministry because I wanted to be able to create a space and a place where people would feel support. Even though I'm not, I'm not Dr. Samuel. I don't have every degree. I don't know everything about the Bible. Um, but I wanted to be able to express some encouragement to my brothers and sisters out there that are struggling with this particular, um, you know, sin or whatever um, that they're facing in their in their walk. So. Um, bring some encouragement. The church needs to be able to have more grace, have more patience. And as I was doing research, I came across another video that was talking about like if someone leaves behind the homosexual lifestyle um, and comes into a Christian lifestyle, right? Um, lifestyle, lifestyle. But if they come into that, uh, the first thing that they're going to want to seek out after is a community of, of believers, right? Of people who are going to support them and have grace with them through that process because they just left behind a, an entire community that was there for them, supported them, loved them. Um, maybe, you know, I, I didn't have the best experience in the gay community, but they treated me like I was family just because I, I had same-sex attraction. And so in the same way, when I come into a Christian community, I want to feel that same way. I want to feel like I'm part of the family, not like I'm flawed. Um, and many people that come out of that lifestyle, they don't get that when they come into the church, unfortunately. And it's something that we have to change. I'm only bringing it up not because I hate the church or not because I think we're doing a, a horrible job, um, which most times we are. But <laughs> but it's like it's mostly we have to change because we got to love these people. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a family. They're looking for community. And if we don't have grace to be able to walk through that struggle, walk through some of the messes that they've got going on, then like, what are we doing? Like, that this is a person that is looking for the love of God, and we have to share that with them. And so, um, we as believers are supposed to be encouraging one another. We're not supposed to be tearing down people's faith. Folks who struggle with same-sex attraction, they may experience different temptations than the majority of believers, but they should not be looked down upon for it. We all struggle, and yet we all still walk with the Holy Spirit and are counted as righteous, not because of what we do, but because of who we believe in. I'm just going to say that once again. We're counted as righteous, not because of what we do or what we experience, but because of the person that we believe in, which is Jesus Christ. He's the one who's finished the work, not us. Um, so for the sake of argument, if the attraction was sin, it really wouldn't matter because the gospel message is what? That he has taken away our sins. He's put it upon himself. Um, so having same-sex attraction slash temptations is not sinful. It is simply the result of living in an imperfect, sinful world. Most believers who struggle with SSA cannot control those intrusive thoughts. So why would they be held accountable for them? It is better to encourage believers to take all thoughts captive to the truth of God and teach them how to do so than to discourage them to believe God hates them or discredit their salvation because of their intrusive slash tempting thoughts. And that's the best way that I could kind of describe um, same-sex attraction. It's like these constant intrusive thoughts um, that can sometimes turn into sin, but not always are sinful, right? And so it only becomes sin, and I'm gonna keep repeating this, if you linger on it, you fantasize about it, and you start to conceive it in your heart, right? Um, but with all that being said, you could argue that because we have a struggle with any type of lustful thoughts of the same sex, that indeed this is sinful. I am in agreement that lust for the same sex is indeed sin, whether in action or in thought. I might get banned on YouTube for saying that, so hopefully sign up on my 
uh, website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. Fill out the email because they're probably going to take me off of this YouTube platform soon for saying just that. Um, as Jesus said, however, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Everyone's a sin. There's, there's no need to rule out one person over the other, one struggle over the other. Everybody sins, according to the Bible. As Jesus said, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This verse, this particular verse from Jesus, which is in Beatitudes, right, was used a lot in people saying, oh, see, if you have an attraction towards something, you've already committed the sin, right? But it doesn't use that word attraction here. It uses the word lust. And actually, the word in Greek is lust. It's epithemiao. Or I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but epithemiao or epithemia, something like that. Um, but it's talking about lust. It's not talking about attraction because it's not saying if anyone just looks at a woman, thinks she's beautiful, then he has already committed adultery. No, it's saying anyone who looked at a woman, wanted to have sex with her in their mind, that's what lust is, desire, strong craving, has committed adultery with her in the heart. So it's not talking about attraction. Nobody is disagreeing, though, however, that lust is formed in the heart and that fantasy or desire, if willfully explored, is sinful. However, attraction, as we mentioned above, is different than lust. The word attraction cannot even be found in the Bible, neither in the Greek or in the Hebrew. So how can we say that it's sinful? Like, guys, when I was going to my logos, to my lexicon, to through my concordances, the word in the like the word attraction in the bible doesn't exist like that that's not a thing like i tried to like even find other words like the closest one that i found was like this hebrew word that was called i think tov or tov or something like that um and it just means for someone to like be good like it's it's sort of like to appreciate someone's goodness or beauty or something like that um but it's not attraction right and so that word attraction is not even in the bible and, and then people are like, oh yeah, that's sinful. It's like, but it's not even in the Bible. Like how could you possibly say something like that? But lust, lust is in the Bible. And we do know that that is a sin. An attraction to a man can be out of a real need from the individual to receive a very appropriate uh, amount of attention from a male friend, a father figure, or a male mentor. So you probably are asking yourself like, okay, so where do these attractions they come from? For a heterosexual, are your attraction to minimalist furniture might be because you grew up with like a really crazy, messy home, and now you wanna see a home that just has like one piece of furniture and you're happy, right? Um, when we have certain attractions to certain things, like if you like horror movies or if you um, prefer to hang out with women, then you prefer to hang out with men, you know, um, or you like big churches or small churches, these attractions, these strong interests, like I would say, because our society, once again, sexualized it, um, is it comes from somewhere. There's like a root. And so most times, same-sex attraction comes from a very real need for the individual um, that hasn't yet been resolved, if that makes any sense. And that could be, like I said, a male friend, a father figure, or a male mentor. Um, the devil loves to take our very real needs that are not sinful and create in us desires that pervert those needs. So devil's always roaring. He's like prowl prowling all the time. And he sees that we have needs that have not been fulfilled. And he's like, I can find a way to fulfill your need, right? Um, why don't you, instead of having a healthy, awesome, interesting relationship with a male, why don't you uh, make it sexual and, and start to crave it more than you crave that natural, healthy relationship, right? Or you didn't have a father figure. I guess now you're going to start stripping for money, right? With, with people who have 
money that can they can give to you and and then now you're being provided for as sort of kind of a father figure <laughs> provides for their daughter or son or whatever um the devil is always creating opportunities from our very real needs it's it's okay to have needs we're human our needs are not wrong those strong interests that we feel it's because there's a need inside of us and that's that just comes from being human if someone is having more of an attraction towards the same sex, this does not add automatically make it sinful nor sexual like we talked about. It could be a very real healthy need that this person um, is should be receiving but is not receiving. Most times, same-sex attraction begins because of a rejection from what was needed by the individual that is healthy, right? So even I can think about my own same-sex attraction, which is... Um, it kind of started out of like rejection. I was rejected um, by my dad. I was rejected in school by my peers. I was pretty rejected in the church. Um, and so a lot of that, that need that I needed from like my, my dad and from my male friendships when I was growing up, I didn't receive those things. And that became a problem later on because the devil started to pervert that need, right? But that's not always the case for every single person that struggles with same-sex attraction. That was my experience. There's going to be other people that they were, they have a trauma that happened to them. They were molested or something, you know, something that formed another need inside of them. And now the devil perverted that need, right? And so same sex peer approval, friendships, attraction from elders, um, I'm sorry, attention from elders and fathers are all very real needs. And when it is lacking, it can produce an uncontrollable attraction or better yet said a strong interest for that very real need. To say that all attraction is sexual is wrong. Attraction in the mind are created for what usually the person needs out of their humanity, like I said many times. So let's talk about a little bit in this part of the blog, I kind of bring up like, where does sin happen then? Like how, if attraction isn't the sin, then when does sin happen? James is very clear. Each one of us, this is a verse from the Bible, but each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. The word used for desire means lust and our strong craving in the Greek, which I talked about this word. It's called epithemia. There's another word that epithemio, and it's kind of from the same root um, in the Greek, but it's like this desire that we have naturally, it's like, it's always going to come. I kind of think about the idea of like principalities, our flesh, living in a fallen world, we're always going to have desires that are not going to be necessarily good. But it's not wrong for us to have those things affect us, right? What's wrong is when we conceive them. So this word, the Greek word for conceived is silambano, silambano. And it means to rally together or to gather or to seize. This means that when we take those desires, those outward things, principalities, thoughts, you know, whatever's coming to you from the fallen world, when we take those desires and we make way for them in our mind, we gather them, the, that is the moment that it becomes sin. What we learn is that even the desires, intrusive thoughts, longing, cravings will not be sinful unless explored further by the mind. We have the power as believers to end those lustful thoughts as they happen and not pay any attention to them. So once again, those things are going to come to us. Like even Jesus was tempted. He was tempted outside of his body, obviously by the devil. He was never tempted inside because his flesh was pure and it was perfect. Um, but those things are always going to be around us, happening to us. 
Um, when we experience that, that's not the sin. Like the temptation is not the sin. It becomes the sin when we gather that together, when we rally those thoughts together, when we start to think about, oh, what if I stole this thing? Or what if I had sex with this person? Or, or oh man, that, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I always have like four examples when it comes to sin. But um, that's when it becomes, that is the moment that it becomes sin. And James tells us this very clearly. So are believers who experience same-sex attraction and sin? No. Is same-sex attraction inherently sinful? No. It can be a very real need from an individual that is not being met. It is not always sexual in nature, as it can be emotional as well, as I talked about rejection, all that stuff. As long as the person does not further fantasize or long for this attraction to be turned into lust and inhibit the ability to obey God, the believer is not in sin. I would, however, encourage all believers, anyone who's watching this, hearing this, that experience same-sex attraction to dig down deep emotionally on what they think could be the possible um, reason for and the root behind that attraction and identify that need so that it can be met. So that was basically the end of the blog post. And I'm going to be posting that soon when it's all nice and grammared out and fixed with you know, this editor that I have as <laughs> a friend, but, um, essentially, yeah, like that I, I was able to answer all my questions. Hopefully I've been able to answer some of the questions that you, you guys have as well. Um, and it brought a lot of, um, it brought a lot of confidence to my walk into my life because so many people don't have an understanding to this. And even I didn't have a fully clear understanding. I knew I had a feeling from the Holy spirit that I was not in sin just because I experienced that attraction. Um, that I knew the sin uh, was uh, not necessarily always the action. It could be sometimes in the mind as well, but um, that there is a difference between attraction and between lust. And now I can walk in the confidence and say, hey, yeah, you know, I do experience same-sex attraction. That doesn't define me. It's not sinful. Um, it's just something that's happening to me that I can't control. It's an intrusive thought. Um, you know, hopefully when I get my glorified body, that won't be a thing because I won't be around a fallen sinful world, right? I'm going to be living in a beautiful sinless body and next to Jesus in the millennium or whatever um, that you believe in the Bible. But I won't have to deal with those kind of things. But as long as I'm here to say to a believer, hey, you're in sin because you're experiencing attraction to the same sex is very, what I would, what I would say, very uneducated of the, of the person. And, and it can just bring so much damage to the body of Christ. And so hopefully I've been able to educate um, any of you guys who are watching this and listening to this and has brought some resolve and some help um, to understand that, yeah, you can be a Christian and still have same-sex attraction. God wants you. He loves you. He cares about you. Um, and there's grace in the process of your walk. And just knowing that um, you won't always be riddled with these attractions and it's always going to be hard and difficult that eventually, you know, walking with Jesus, it, it is going to get easier. It is going to get um, like better, you know, and um, that was the lie from the enemy that used to be propagated to me um, in my life, which was like, oh, if you if you if you live life as, as being gay, like things are going to get better and things never got better for me. But living life with Jesus, things did get better for me. And I believe that it can get better for any person that's experiencing any type of, of discomfort in the sinful world um, and wanting to walk with Jesus. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to join my Discord if you haven't yet already. We have an entire Christian community on there. And if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, I want to come into contact, 
Discord is the best place to do that. I'm super active on there. And we've got a lot of things going on there, including calls for people who experience same-sex attraction, Bible calls, prayer calls, so much different things there. And once again, if you've enjoyed this podcast and it really did help you, make sure you send it to a friend, share it, like it, comment on it, do what you can to get it out there, or share the blog post once it's posted. Um, and and yeah, and then make sure to uh, give to my ministry if, if you find this at all helpful. I want this to be my full-time job always. I love teaching. I love educating myself and other people. And uh, you can make that possible by becoming a, a patron, patron partner. Um, so thank you guys once again for listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye.